Welcome to Declaration Life. I'm your host, Christabel Braden. I'm a survivor of traumatic brain injury and a singer-songwriter, and I just love sharing hope and joy and encouragement and life, and that's what this podcast is all about, living with intention. Today, I'm welcoming Courtney Lohman. She is a wife, mom, podcaster, and speaker. Her podcast is called Journey of Ruth, and today she's going to share the story of God's faithfulness in her life through seasons of hardship and grief and waiting and uncertainty, along with tips for trusting in God and the importance of finding and cultivating intentional godly relationships. This is a really great conversation, and I'm thrilled to have her on here. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get started. So I'm not giving up. Live a declaration life. Declare your purpose. Declare your place. Declare your work. It's time once again for the declaration segment. This is the part of the podcast where I share a declaration that you can speak over your life because I truly believe that what we tell ourselves matters and we have to be telling ourselves the right things instead of allowing negative thoughts to just control our mindset and bring us down. We can choose to make declarations of life. Today's declaration is God is faithful. That's it. I know it sounds simple, but the reminder of God's faithfulness is something that we can't take lightly. If we're being honest, I think we can all agree that there have been times that we question God's faithfulness, and we question His goodness even, and we wonder, where is God in the middle of this? Where is He? In the middle of these circumstances, why is this happening? For me, there's been times when I have struggled with these questions more than I can even explain. And over and over again, God proved his faithfulness to me. My first traumatic brain injury happened over a decade ago. And going through that recovery process, I remember just feeling so hopeless and alone and afraid. And I had to relearn things like getting dressed and taking a shower and living with a brain injury. You know, it's really easy to just be overwhelmed all the time because my mind and my uh, visual and auditory stimulation was too much. I'd get flooded and overwhelmed. I had right-sided muscle difficulties and also word-finding issues and just vision and headaches and a whole bunch of daily, moment-by-moment struggles. And they never seemed to let up and they never seemed to go away. And as soon as I started to feel like I was maybe making a breakthrough in my brain injury recovery, I fell and got another concussion. And then I started to improve and start to do a little bit better. And then I got another concussion. And this cycle just continued to the point where I really, really started to question his faithfulness. And I thought to myself, where is God in this? 
I know he's powerful. I believe in him. I know that he loves me. But why does this keep happening? I don't like this. I don't like my life. I don't like what I'm seeing. How do we have faith in the middle of these struggles? How do we continue to remain steadfast and holding to faith and trying to be a strong person and and have all this when our life doesn't feel good? I don't have all the answers. I don't know the answer, but I do know that when we take our eyes off of ourselves and off of our own circumstances and we put them onto God and we really consider who God is, That's the only way that we can even begin to trust in the faithfulness of God. Today's declaration just said God is faithful. Often I'll be sharing declarations about us, you know, I'm loved, I'm valued, they're I statements. And while those declarations are super important, it's important to declare over yourself that you are loved and that you have value and that your life has purpose. But I also think that sometimes we get so caught up on how we feel and on ourselves that we miss out on the beauty of who God is and the way that he wants to work in our life. So I want to share a couple scriptures with you today. I prepared a couple. This one is from 2 Timothy 2.13, and it says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. So first, that tells me that it's okay to struggle with faith. (laughs) It's okay. The Bible says if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Romans 8.1 says there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God isn't up there judging you for not having faith. He's not angry at you for questioning. It's okay. The word says that when we are faithless, he remains faithful. So if you've ever struggled with your faith, I hope that you can find comfort in knowing that doesn't come as a surprise to God. It's okay to have struggles and to know that he is going to continue to be faithful to you even when we are not faithful to him. There's so many examples of that in the Bible that I just don't have time to go into today, but one of them is the book of Hosea. Hosea was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he his story is one of marrying a prostitute and her cheating on him and him going back to her, and God keeps telling Hosea, her name was Gomer, to continue to love Gomer. And Hosea loved Gomer. It's a beautiful story of love. And even as she continued to turn away from Hosea, he continued to love her. That's the kind of faithfulness that God has for us. In Hosea, God says that's how he loves his people. That's how he loves Israel. God is faithful to us through and through. There is nothing that you can do that can take away from his love for you. 
And there is nothing that you can do that he hasn't already seen and that he doesn't already know. And he continues to love you through it. You know, that love that we all crave, you know, we all want a spouse or a partner or a friend or a family member that loves us unconditionally. We crave that. We're, we're wired for love as human beings because we were created in the image of God. And he is the only one that can supply that love to that extent. So if you've been betrayed in your life, if you've been cheated on, if you've had betrayal, people who you thought you could care for and thought they cared about you, and they stab you in the back, I want you to know that that love that those people claimed was love, that's not love. God has a real, faithful love for you, and He is steadfast, and He will not leave you. Lamentations 3, through 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His steadfast love never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. And you know, if you know the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, that's based off of that passage of scripture. But what you don't know is the book of Lamentations is literally an entire book of lamenting to God. A lot of people believe Jeremiah was the author of Lamentations. I'm not 100% sure if it's 100% fully confirmed, but I'm pretty sure Jeremiah was the author of Lamentations. And he literally wrote a whole bunch of just lamenting and crying out to God, being angry with God for what was happening in life. But yet he continued to see God's faithfulness. The steadfast love of God never ceases. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And 2 Thessalonians was a book written by Paul, an epistle, a letter to the church at Thessalonica on Paul's second missionary journey that you can read about in Acts. He visited Thessalonica and he founded this church. So Paul started this church here and then he had to leave and do other missionary things. And he wrote letters back to the congregation there to encourage them. So it's letters of Paul's encouragement to that particular church. Just a few verses before that one, Paul writes to these people, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. That is my prayer for you, that God who gives us eternal comfort, that he will eternally comfort you in your pain and in your struggles. And he gives us good hope through grace. He gives us reason to hope. He gives us grace. He's there to comfort our hearts and establish them. 
and he is faithful, he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. So no matter what circumstances that you are facing and the struggles that you have gone through or are currently walking through, be encouraged that the character of God and who he is says that he is faithful and he can guard you against all of that. He is a safe place. He is a safe refuge for you. And if you've ever struggled with faith like I have, know that you can continually still go to God. He is there for you. He wants to love you. He wants to lift you up and remind you of his faithfulness. He's ready to prove it to you. If you don't know if he's faithful, open the Bible Talk to a Christian friend or somebody that you can trust in your life. You know, listen to podcasts like this or or sermons on YouTube. Type in a sermon on God's faithfulness. You know, find something and ask him to show you. Seek him and he will be found. (laughs) So I hope that encouraged you today and make that declaration over yourself that God is faithful. On today's interview, Courtney is going to be sharing some of her story of her life and how God has shown his faithfulness to her, as well as the importance of relationships. And so stay tuned. We're going to go ahead and dive into that interview. Courtney, welcome to Declaration Life Podcast. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to hear all that you have to share. Courtney has her own podcast called Journey of Ruth. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it is so great. I've listened to some of it and I can't wait to dive into it more. And I'm really excited for all of the wisdom that you'll have to share with mm-hmm. our listeners today. Thank you very much. I'm excited to uh, speak with a fellow podcaster and um, just chat this morning. Absolutely. So Let's just start off. Can you just introduce some of who you are and share a little bit of, you know, what brings you in this place in life? (laughs) Absolutely. So I live in Phoenix, Arizona, where it just got cool. Like today, it's we're recording this in October and it finally feels like, I don't know, fall. (laughs) But um, I live in Phoenix with my husband and my two boys and my two male dogs. So I am severely outnumbered in my household. (laughs) Uh, It's a lot of energy and it's a lot of fun. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. We uh, really enjoy spending time as a family outdoors. And uh, my husband is a sportsman. So we do hunting together and we go on hikes, uh, lots of stuff together as a family. I personally am a musician. I teach piano and vocal lessons. And then I, because I teach privately, I have the time to also serve at my church, uh, leading a discipleship ministry. And then of course the podcast, the Journey Ruth podcast, which is something I started almost uh, just over a year ago with the idea that I have so many people in my life that have discipled me, so many people that have mentored me. And I taught high school choir for five years, loved it to death. I love high schoolers. And some people might think that I'm crazy for that. 
But I really do think that that time in life is a really cool moment for kids because they're kind of trying to, they don't have hardly any self-confidence at all. Some of them do, but that's a rare breed. Um, They don't have any self-confidence, but in all of that, not really being confident, they're trying to figure out who they are. And so I would have a lot of young women that would come to my office and ask me some really hard questions. And my thought was, okay, maybe this is a question that you're kind of scared to ask mom and dad, but you don't have anyone else to ask. So you're asking your choir teacher. And I was blessed, beyond blessed to take that role in their life. But also I thought, man, what if you didn't have a teacher that you trusted? And if you, if it's a question you can't ask mom and dad, where do you go? And I honestly think kids go to social media or to Google, heaven forbid, but uh, you know, they go, they go somewhere to get their answers. And it made me realize that one of the things I was blessed with was um, many people in my life that were wise that could give me advice but that's not the case for everyone. And so that's kind of part of my calling and my goal with the journey of Ruth is to see people find discipleship and mentorship within their life, because I think it's so important and I benefited from it. But, you know, for me, I was the pastor's daughter. I grew up as a pastor's daughter and okay. uh, I always say I had discipleship that I didn't ask for, you know, these <laughs> These sweet people, these sweet women mainly, um, but also I had great men that spoke into my life. They would come up and, and say, you know, okay, hey, I saw the book you were reading. Should we really be reading that? Or I met your boyfriend. Let's talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I know. And at that time, it's exactly the response I had. Oh, boy. Okay, well, fine. But now I realize that that type of love and that type of wisdom is not something a lot of people have, but it's something we all need and desire at the deepest level. And so I want to see people find that. That's what we, so that's what we do on the Journey Ruth podcast. We bring people on to share their wisdom, um, to share kind of where God has taken them. And uh, hopefully people can be encouraged, like here in what they're talking about, they can hear, oh my gosh, that's so close to my story and let's see what they did and let's see kind of the steps they took to um, either get through that or be strong in that. And can I be encouraged in that way? So. Absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing. I, I think it's so important to have stories and media out there that we can relate to, that people can relate to and that people Mm -hmm. can find because it is hard. It, especially if you feel really alone, like as a brain injury survivor, I know that before when my brain injury happened, this was 12 years ago. So there really wasn't as much social media. There really wasn't a lot of resources out there. And I remember just feeling so alone and afraid. And when I started doing videos about brain injury, people started commenting like, I've never heard somebody actually say that before. And I started to see how wow, simply sharing your story online or sharing your journey can help people that are going through something similar that might not have someone in their life. So I love what you're doing. (laughs) And I love how you're pointing it to scripture and pointing it to the Lord, because I mean, that's what life's all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's really important that we share our story 
and how God has helped us through our life. Because I think there is someone out there, exactly like you're saying, that needs to hear your story and is going to know that they are not alone. And that is what's going to encourage them to be able to take the next step or to kind of figure out how they can start to, I don't know, succeed with where God has put them in life. So I, I, I really enjoy when I hear, and, and you know, I talked about this before, but I really enjoy um, having people on the podcast to talk about their life and then finding out that someone else heard their story and was encouraged by it or heard their story and reached out to that person and said, hey, can you help me figure out some resources for A, B, and C? It's so cool to see those connections happen. Yeah, and I love how God can move through anything, really. You know, have you ever just found like a sermon or a YouTube video that's like exactly what you need to hear? For sure. Yes, absolutely. And it's so great being able to find something like that and for us, like as podcasters, it's a privilege to be able to create media that mm-hmm. has the opportunity to encourage people. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned stories of God's faithfulness or stories of what God's done in their life. And I know that you have a story of God's faithfulness in your life. Mm. So would you be willing to share some of that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, God pointed me in scripture to Exodus about a year ago. And the reason for that was I had really in the last, I say I, I'm going to say we, (laughs) because it wasn't just me. It was my family found ourselves in a place where we were really feeling in the desert or like chased down. I mean, like crazy things were happening and we found ourselves in a place where it'd be really easy to feel discouraged. So about a year and a half ago in May, my dad came home and found my mom on the ground um, having a grand mal seizure and she had never had seizures before. Um, And so we were, she was able to get to the hospital and what they discovered was that she had a brain tumor about the size of a plum, uh, right behind her right eye. And we, of course you look back, right? (laughs) You realize that some of the things that you thought were just fainting spells from, um, blood pressure, which she's had struggles with, um, were actually signs probably of the brain tumor, but we didn't necessarily know that, um, And so that started our journey with mom fighting cancer. She immediately had a brain surgery, but what was, what was crazy in that moment is that two weeks before she had her seizure, my parents had agreed to take a new job in North Carolina. They lived in Texas and they had agreed to take a job in North Carolina it wasn't just any job. It was a job working with my aunt and uncle who own um, a construction company out in North Carolina. And my dad agreed to go and work for them. And it really, um, it was an answer to prayer because a year before that, my dad had actually been fired. Uh, No, no, no. I'm not going to say fired. Let go. (laughs) (laughs) 
company had been restructured and the CEO of the company wanted his job, which left no space for my dad. Like you can't say to the CEO, no, I don't think you should take my job. It was his company. So he had been left without a job and they gave him a great severance. But then it came time for him to find another job and nothing happened. Like seriously, God had never been so silent. And my parents are very faithful people and they have spent many years listening to God and God has directed them places, but nothing like basically God was just like, wait, wait. And they're like, okay, great. But we're getting to the point where like our savings is getting really low and you're still telling us to wait. I don't understand. And even myself as their daughter, I'm here in Arizona praying, God, please give them direction, show them where they need to go. You know, what, what do you, what do you have next for them? And literally I hear in my mind, God say, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was rude. <laughs> and, and, I, but he's right. He doesn't have to tell me, right? Yeah, it's none of our business <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> The hard thing is, is not only is it none of my business, not only does he not have to tell me because it's not my life, sometimes he doesn't tell us what's coming in our life because if he told us, we'd be out. Like, God, I'm looking forward at that journey. And that's why he didn't tell the Israelites in Exodus where they were going because there is no way they would have said, Yes, let's leave Egypt. In fact, how many times did they say, God, why did you take us out of Egypt to die here in the desert? I mean, they, there were so many times when they said, can we just go back to Egypt, back to the slavery that we hated so many times? But if God had shown them what they were like going towards, it might have been scary. But instead, he just said, let's just keep going. Follow me. I'm in a cloud. Follow me. And that's all I'm asking you to do is just follow me. So... They took this job. Two weeks later, she has brain surgery to remove this tumor. Two weeks later, they moved to North Carolina. So my dad is moving his wife from Texas to North Carolina, who's just had brain surgery. Everyone was like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know, but that's where my job is. I already turned in my two weeks at my job. I have to go to North Carolina. And... They went to North Carolina. What we saw in the next year develop was that he brought them to a brain surgeon who was, had done, um, she had glioblastoma. Um, She brought him in North Carolina to a brain surgeon who had done this brain surgery on his mother, who was a musician. My mom was a musician. Um, her sister was there to help my dad because my dad had to work and my mom had lots of doctor's appointments and lots of medical things. And now her sister was there to help with some of this and kind of bear some of the burden that we as kids could not do because we lived across the country. And four weeks after they were in North Carolina, my mom went for a checkup and they found an even bigger tumor 
So now it had gone from plum size to baseball. So she had a second brain surgery. And that second brain surgery led her to the point where she could no longer be alone at home. So now it's an even bigger uh, deal for my dad because he can't go to work and just leave her, you know. And yet still, God continued to send doctors who were like, we didn't even know that they were Christians. And at the end of this, at the end of the appointment, they say, can I pray for you? We're like, yes, absolutely. Um, friends and family to come and stay for a week or two weeks at a time so that my aunt didn't have to bear all the burden and my dad didn't have to bear all the burden. And we saw God's faithfulness over and over and over again. And let me just say that while this is all going with my, on with my mom, in that year, every man in our family... Uh, lost their job. So my husband lost his job. My brother lost his job. And like I told you, my dad had lost his job. (laughs) So it's not like we're all sitting over here, totally fine, really supporting my dad. We're all dealing with like crazy stuff on our own sides and, and, you know, wanting to remain strong for my dad. And so the end of the story, it's unfortunately is that, um, glioblastoma did claim my mom's life. Um, in August, she passed away and we're not sure if it was the medicine, um, but eventually she just got too weak and, um, you know, we're sure it was the cancer that eventually claimed her life, but to the point where she couldn't fight the cancer anymore. Um, but in all of that darkness, there could have been so much fear. There could have been Um, so many pity parties that we threw. And the beauty of it was that God continued to show his faithfulness, even when it looked like he wasn't anywhere near the situation. When we look back, we see that God was silent because it wasn't time. My aunt and uncle didn't have that position open in North Carolina yet. Their their company wasn't big enough yet. So he was silent for a year. And, uh, you know, my dad had other jobs and stuff, but because it wasn't time for them to move yet. And then when it was time for them to move, they moved. And it it didn't seem like the right time, even when it was the right time, right? It's like, why would you move? She just had brain surgery because it is the right time. We need to get to this doctor. We need to get to this sister. We need to get to this church community, which is going to help them. It seemed like God was just letting life control us. But really when we look back, we see that God was controlling life in every step of the way. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of that. I love the hand of God in our life. You know, when we're waiting, it feels like nothing's happening, but I love how he shifts and moves the pieces. Like you said, the position wasn't even open yet. Yeah, You know, and so like behind the scenes, God is like, all right, I'm working right now to open that position. And it's like before that he had to work in that person's life that maybe was going to leave that position to give them something else. And, you know, he he's moving all these moving pieces around in the perfect way. But the parts that we'll never know everything that God has done in our life because we don't see it all. Yeah. You know, we'll never see what it took for God to make space for us in in that time. I love how you related it to the Israelites and 
Let me just say, I'm really sorry about your mom. Thank you. That's really hard, really hard. You know, it's, it's never easy and there's really nothing to do, but just let the Lord comfort you. My mom's mom passed two weeks ago. So I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, it's like grief is a weird thing. Yeah, it it is. I think if we can allow God to be there in the middle of grief, I think that he can show up in a really strong way. Um, I think if we can, if we can allow others going back to that discipleship and mentorship thing, if we can allow others to walk with us, then I think we can see the love of Christ through other people. But, but if we decide that we're not going to, that we're going to kind of hide and we're not going to reach out for help or we're going to just sit in our emotions. I mean, I think that's okay. (laughs) Just sit in your emotions for a little while. That's perfectly fine. Um, But I think if we can find those around us that are, have, have grieved, are grieving and can talk to them. I think that God can use others to really lift us up um, during that time of grief, because it is, it's weird. It pops up at the weirdest times. It's hard. And for me, it's just a little strange. Like it's, it, there isn't really any way to prepare for it. Yeah. And it's like, like you said, the weirdest times, it's like, oh, you know, something I'm in school right now. And I used to always talk to my grandma on the phone about my classes and how school was going. And it's like, oh, I just finished some classes. I'm going to start new classes this week. And I was like, oh, I want to call her. And then I remembered I can't, you know, and it's like, really, it's the random times that it kind of gets you. But I like what you said about connecting with others. And that goes back to what you were saying before about the importance of having people that can speak into your life Mm -hmm. and cultivating those mentoring type relationships, but even godly friendships Mm -hmm. that can really speak into your life because you never know when the hard days are going to hit. Yeah. And it's really good to have someone to connect with. But if you don't have someone having a podcast like your podcast, Journey of Ruth podcast to listen to can help a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I would encourage people if they're going through a moment of grief, a stage of grief, it's not it's not a moment (laughs) uh, that they maybe if they don't have someone that is walking that same road or has walked that same road that they reach out and find someone. So whether that's, there's a group called grief share and they have groups all over the nation at churches and you can find um, a group to go to and share. There's places where you can, counseling is a great place, you know, to work through some of that. God is so good. (laughs) And even in like the crazy things. And, And one of those things is that my best friend and I have always, we don't, 
we live such parallel lives, it seems. And he brought us together in seventh grade. So we've known each other for a long time. And God has put us through so many things in the same way. We're both musicians. We both went to college and and did music in college. We both experienced miscarriages. There are so many things that God has allowed us to be able to minister to the other person because we've been there. And my mom was diagnosed with cancer and very shortly after that, her mom was diagnosed with cancer. And then her mom's battle with cancer was very short and very sudden and she passed away. And my mom said to me, she said, you know, Courtney, you and Sarah have lived such parallel lives. I'm praying that this is not one of those moments that you have to support each other through. That is not parallel in your lives. Because of course, she's saying this to me. And if it, if it happens, that meant that I would lose her. And that is what happened. But I sent her a text the other night and I said, I am so blessed. I am so honored to have you as a friend because of how you have supported me. You know, someone who's gone through this, they just know the questions to ask. They just know to say, hey, I noticed on Facebook today that it's your mom's birthday. And I just, I wanted to say, hey, and I love you and make sure you're doing okay. And I told my friend, I said, I didn't know to do all of that when your mom died because I'd never had this, had to deal with this type of grief before. And I am so sorry that I wasn't there for you in the way that you've been there for me. And she responded back and she said, there's no reason to apologize. She goes, I can list a number of ways that you were there for me when my mom passed away. But you were there in the way that you knew how to be there. And I'm just, you know, helping you along in the way that I know how has helped me. And so finding someone that has been through that grief just to talk through things or um, to have someone to call and say, I'm really sad today. Today's not a great day. I think is really important. And I would encourage people that if that person's not already in your life, find someone or find a group that can allow you that opportunity to just speak exactly what's going on in your heart and your mind right now. Yeah, I love that. And I would also encourage everyone, if you don't have somebody, pray for friendship. Like. Yeah really dig in and pray for it. I was really lonely Mm. and I felt like I had a lot of friends, but I didn't really feel like I had somebody that I could really connect with or really relate to. A lot of my friends were people that they'd come to me for advice, not somebody that would be able to, they'd try, but not really someone that would be able to give me biblical sound advice. Yes. If if you know what I mean. Like I have some friends that are not really on the same faith journey as me, but we've been friends a really long time and I love them and I value them and I go to them for a lot of things. But if I want someone to pray with me, it's not the person I'm going to go to because it'd make them uncomfortable. (laughs) Right. I love that you brought up 
pray for someone because it, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking at the beginning of that story is that if, if you don't have someone, God will provide someone like that in doing discipleship and mentorship. One of the things that I've realized is that we all have our friends, but when we're looking for that person that we're actually kind of looking for more specific, like mentorship from, <laughs> it's kind of awkward. It can be awkward and it can be weird to go to someone and say, I'm just wondering if you would meet with me, you know, once a month and just, just so that we can talk, or I would love for you to, you know, hold me accountable to whatever it might be, whether it's going to the gym or whether it's um, reading your Bible every day or memorizing scripture or making sure that you're talking about your feelings and not letting those feelings like get stuck inside that some of us need accountability for that, Mm -hmm. me included. Um, I think that that can be really hard to find because you don't always know where to look. Um, And then even if you do find someone to ask them, I actually created Um, something called, I call the play process. So it's P-L-A-A. And that is the process of finding a mentor or a discipler. And you can use it the other way. Um, If you're looking, if you are wanting to disciple someone or mentor someone, you can use it that way as well. But it's a four-step process. It it, um, starts with pray, look, ask, and act. So the first step is prayer, just like you said, right? The the first thing you do is you start praying that God would bring that person to you and pray specifically. Pray if it's grief that you're going through, that it's someone who's gone through grief. If it's maybe you're looking for someone that can help you in your marriage, you're, you know, you're looking to know how to be a better wife. You're trying to be a better friend or whatever it might be. Pray for a person that has experience in that, right? I'm not, they don't need to be an expert. (laughs) They don't need to be a marriage expert. They need someone, need to be someone who maybe has a marriage that you look at and you say, I would love to see my relationship with my husband be like, be something like that. We're not looking to copy, but there's qualities in their marriage that I would love to know how they achieved that. So you're praying for that. And then there's the looking process where you're actually going to go out and look at people that are already around you, because that's the thing. There might already be someone in your life that you're not even realizing is someone that could be there for you in that capacity. And so I provide, it's a, um, it's a worksheet that you can download and there's a place to like start writing names of people and then ask and act. So there's ask, which is ask them to come over for dinner or ask to go out to coffee and get to know them better. So you're not, the ask does not mean go up to them and say, Hey, would you mentor or disciple me? (laughs) Cause most people are like, Whoa, how do we get from how's your Sunday going to, uh, will you disciple me? Right. So ask is just ask to get together them with them and ask questions, get to know them more because you may find out okay, thought this was the person that I'm beginning to understand this conversation that maybe we don't have as much in common as I thought. Yeah. And then the act is once you have found someone and you've had that, you know, time with them and you're really feeling like this is a person that you want in your life, right? You want to glean as much wisdom as you can from them. Then you're going to act. And that's actually where you're going to say, I would love 
if we could meet on a regular basis or is it possible? Can I just call you when I'm having a hard day? Those types of things. Uh, you can get that on my website, journeyofruthpodcast.com slash download. And it actually, you can download the worksheet and walk through that process. Um, but really, I just created that because so many people said, I want someone to mentor me, but I don't know where to get it. Mm-hmm. If it's grief that you're walking through, there are grief groups out there. But sometimes if it's not, if it's just like, I want to, I really would like someone to mentor me in my marriage. There aren't a lot of like group mentoring, you know, or marriage mentoring groups out there. And there are, but they're harder to find and they may not be in your area. So what does that look like to find a mentor within the people that you already know? Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. I I do think it's important to have people that can speak into your life, you know, whether it is a mentor, a disciple, or a really good friend, like you were talking about. I I was sharing that I kind of had gone through a season of just feeling super lonely, and I had a good friend I thought was a good friend, but I like it turned out she was talking behind my back a lot, and just, you know, she's like, you know like 30 married with kids. She's not like, you know, young, like, it's not like this is college. Like, and I thought she was mature and I thought she was a kind hearted person. And we were friends for like a year and a half and she just turned on me and started inviting all the other girls from church to do stuff without me and excluding me on purpose. And I'm like, you're acting like we're in high school. Like this is mean girls. And I was like, Oh man. So it really hurt. And before I became friends with her, I had been praying for friendships and I'd been praying and I thought she was the answer to that prayer. I was like, this is my friend. Like we have a lot in common. I'm really thankful for her. And it turns out she really wasn't the friend that I thought she was. She wasn't trustworthy. She was sharing personal stuff that I told her with other people at church. And then it would come back to me in the weirdest ways. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. And I just started to feel really lonely and put my walls up because I was like, this is this is not great. And then I met my friend Essie who has been on this podcast a couple of times. I just did an episode a couple episodes ago called How to Pray Deeper. Uh-huh. She, she and I had that conversation and I interviewed her about her story earlier in the podcast. But I met her like a little bit over a year ago, year and a half ago. And when I say it was like a God ordained friendship from the start, like we were both praying for friends that we found out later, like we were both praying for friendship. And she's one year younger than me, and she grew up in Nigeria. Okay. And she's the daughter of a pastor there. Okay. And, of course, I grew up here in America, if you can tell by my accent. <laughs> and she grew up in, like, a super, super charismatic environment in Africa. Just okay. a lot of, like, Holy Spirit moves and supernatural things. And I grew up in a very conservative Bible church that... I didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was until I went to college. Like, like I mean, I'd heard of the Holy Spirit, but at my church, it wasn't talked about. They just talked about the Bible. So I knew a lot about the Word, mm-hmm. not a lot about the Spirit. And she knew a lot about the Spirit, not a lot about the Word. And so this is the first time in my life I think I've really experienced an iron sharpens iron friendship, cool. where the ways that 
I'm growing or the ways that like God is using to move in me, he's teaching her and the way that God is moving in her, she's teaching me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like really thankful. And it's crazy because we're both single, we're around the same age and just God brought us together. And that's why I say like pray for friendships because it was like this friend came out of nowhere and it took time. It takes time to build up friendships. We weren't like best friends right away. Right. We we went we went for coffee, we would meet up, we would hang out a little bit here and there, we would um talk, but it took a long time mm. to really trust and I think that's healthy. I think an instant BFF is probably a red flag. And that's one of the things I had to learn is boundaries. So mm. when it comes to friendships, if somebody's like instantly, you know, like super, super clingy or open or whatever, like that can be a sign that there's some codependency issues and unhealthy relationship problems. And and that's how it was with the friend before this one. And mm. so... You know, if you're not super close right away, God might be just growing it and growing the friendship. It takes time to build trust and it should like in any relationship, in the dating relationship, in a friendship relationship, it takes time to build that trust. Yeah. But anyway. (laughs) I love that. I mean, it is exactly when we do our discipleship trainings at our church. One of the things that we talk about is the trust bridge and the idea that when you are meeting with someone the trust has to be built just like any bridge. And the reason for that is in a good friendship, in a good mentoring relationship, there are going to be moments where that person needs to be honest with you. And if there is not a trust bridge built and built well, when you put the weight of something really heavy on it, whatever it might be, Uh, this habit of yours needs to go away, or I noticed that you put this on your Facebook and I don't really think that that is honoring of God or, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I heard you say this about your husband or your parent, and I don't think that's honoring of your husband or your parent, uh, like scripture tells us to honor our parents. And um, then when you put that the weight of that truth bomb, if you will, on that bridge, if it is not established, it will break. And now that relationship is no longer. So there has to be a bridge of trust between those two people when that trust is broken, which is why it is so important to have friends that will hold in confidence what you're telling them, not to the, not to the point of your detriment, but I mean, you know, like, you tell them what you're struggling with. They're not going to go tell other people, right? Because yeah. when they do, they just broke the bridge, right? And when we keep confidence with someone, it builds that bridge. And when we make a stronger relationship, it builds that bridge. And when the honesty needs to come, that bridge can hold the honesty of whatever that, that moment is. Yeah, yeah I, love, I love how you explain that. And and the Lord is faithful, like like we were talking about and like you were explaining and the way he moves circumstances, but he also brings people into our life. Yes. In the perfect timing. And sometimes even if you're in a season of waiting, for example, single, you know, waiting on, you know, whoever God would bring into my life to 
hopefully eventually marry. (laughs) I'd like to have a husband someday. But like in the season of singleness, there's that aspect of waiting and, and trusting in the Lord and he's always moving. And so the way that he brings friendships at the right time, we just have to trust. We have to trust in the Lord and trust in his faithfulness that through the hard seasons and through the hard times, not only is he faithful to bring us out of that season, but he's also faithful to walk with us through it always right beside us, closer than beside us, the Holy Spirit's in us. So you know, right with us at all times. And that's the love and that's the faithfulness of God. Well, and I think we can't really see the faithfulness of God until we fully surrender to his will. Because if we're always trying to make our own will, I didn't get married until I was 27. (laughs) So there are a lot of times in there where I tried to make my will happen, (laughs) whatever that might be, right? Especially when all your friends are getting married young and they have babies already. and (laughs) Yes, yes. Now, when I look back, the things that I got to do because I was single, I lived in Europe for two years. I built a choir program and where I was working 60, 65 hours a week. Like, I mean, (laughs) like these are things that I realize now that I have a family and I have a husband while those things can still happen, don't hear me say those can't happen if you have a family. But for me, the way that I was doing them, it it wouldn't have worked. And so I see that God had a purpose for me then. And it was all developing me into who I am now. And for the life that I have now, I never thought ever in my life that I would be a stay at home mom. Never. In fact, <laughs> when my husband and I dated, I, he said, well, you know, one day you'll stay home. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I, no, I have a degree and I'm going to be teaching. <laughs> so if what you're looking for is a wife that's going to stay at home, then I'm not sure that I'm the woman for you. And he was like, oh, that, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Backpedal that one real quick. Uh, <laughs> but What he was saying was what his mom had taught him, which was, I want you to provide for your family in a way that if your wife wants to stay home with your kids, she can. That's what he was like, you know, saying anyway, but now I do stay at home. Now that was my choice because I could stay at home with my kids and unfortunately make as much teaching private lessons here at my home as I was as a school teacher. And I work a third of the hours. Wow. Uh, plus I get to see all my kids all the time. So that was something that I chose, but wouldn't have really known that or yeah. maybe even been in a position to choose it. Had it all happen when I was younger? Uh, yes. I love that. Yeah. Faith for me is knowing that, that God is faithful, right? Uh, knowing that, and, and I love like the assurances that we get in scripture, you know, Deuteronomy says, know that the Lord, your God, he is God. He is faithful. He keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to the thousandth generation. (laughs) And um, now obviously there's a caveat for us. Then it goes with to those who love him and keep his commandments. So there is a call to action for us, but that is the God that we serve. Why would you not love and keep a keep commands for a God that is faithful that loves us and keeps his covenant. 
Yeah, that reminds me of in Romans, God works all things for the good of those who love him and walk according to his purpose. <laughs> Sometimes we, we love to say the first half of that. We don't love to say the second half of that. <laughs> Wait a minute, I have to do something? There's some kind of follow through on my part. And I do think when I when I say that, I, I do think that one of the amazing things about God is that he will often show up strongest when we are weakest. And that's what we've seen in our family story in this last year is that my parents for years have been the ones in the pastoral position of helping other people. You know, they have people in our congregation that were single. Guess where they came for, um, for uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas? Our house. It was always just full of people that weren't in our family because they're like, yeah, come on, let's go. You know, helping them with food or lodging, whatever it might be. It was amazing for me to watch people come alongside my parents in this time. You know, while they were weak, God used other people around them to really minister to my parents. God was strongest in their weakness. And so it's never fun to be weak. Never. Especially our culture would never say like, oh, well, you know, we learn the most when life is crazy. But I honestly think that's the truth. I mean, God can teach us more about ourselves. He can teach us more about himself when we are weak, because that's really the time when we're not going, God, get out of the way. I've got stuff to do. God, I need to, I need to get to my day, right? It's going, God, I don't even know where to go from here. Could you, I mean, uh, have you heard The Father's House by Cordy Asbury? Yes. Okay, so there's a line and it says, what looks to me like weakness is a canvas for his strength. I was like, I was running one day and this was playing and I like stopped my run. <laughs> and I was like, I've got to write that down because that is it. Like in our weakness, God is creating something beautiful. Um, but we have to trust that he's a faithful God to allow that to happen. Um, whether it's using other people as mentors in our life, or if it's just putting together miraculous circumstances or watching your mom go through the end of her life. That's not miraculous. It's not fun. And it's not really beautiful. Like I know people say death is a beautiful thing. It's not beautiful, right? Like she did have a peaceful death, but it's not fun. But who God can create you into on the other side of some of these hard things that we go through. If we look at the story of the Israelites in Exodus, it's worth it because what he had on the other side of that desert was so much better than anything they could expect or even imagine. And that's what, that's what Ephesians tells us, right? That he is the God that does more than we can imagine. I'm not saying it right. Um, Ask or imagine, I think. Imagine, there we go. He does more than that. And so do you believe, is that the God that you believe in? If it is, then we can make it through every situation that God's putting us through. Love it. Love it so much. That, I think that about says it all. <laughs> that about says it all. You wrapped it up really nicely. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Courtney. I love everything you shared and just this overall theme of the faithfulness of God, whether it's trying to navigate our life and trying to find people that will walk beside us in life or going through really tragic, 
hard circumstances or being in a season of waiting or whatever it may be that we go through in life, yeah, trusting in the Lord's faithfulness and trusting in his love, yeah. that he's a good father, that he provides for his children, that, you know, like Jesus said, if a kid asks for, a, what was it? If it asks for bread, a father would not give a stone, you know, or, or I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah you're, and you're, you're, so when we ask our father, he wants to give us what we need in love. And sometimes it takes time or sometimes it doesn't come the way that we see it, yeah. but he is faithful. And like you were talking about in your season of singleness, you wouldn't have experienced all of that stuff had you gotten married earlier. And now you're in an, in another season. And I've seen that in my own life as well. You know, yeah. I've had yeah. relationships that haven't worked out. I was actually in an abusive relationship, which I talked about on my last album. Mm-hmm. And, you know, experiencing that, it's like there, there are so many times that we try and fit things into our life that are just not meant to be there. Mm, yeah. And it causes ache and it causes hurt and it causes, it can cause serious damage mm-hmm. to our heart and our soul. And, and thankfully, Jesus can heal all of that. Right. But... Yes. Realizing all the things that you can do in your seasons of that people would say a season of waiting, but it's really seasons of growth and seasons of learning and seasons of fruit that you may not experience had you been in another season. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So are there any last words of encouragement you'd have for our listeners? I think my biggest thing is just to find your community the like fun way that everyone's saying it now is find your tribe, you know, (laughs) uh, find your tribe, whatever that looks like. If that's, um, if you're a young mom who's sitting at home listening to podcasts and you're alone, like find a mom's group. Um, if you are a person of faith, go and find a church. Um, if you are looking for, um, help, work through that play process and start praying and God is going to bring those people to your life. I promise, like look for Mm -hmm. them and God will be faithful and he will bring them. But none of us are meant to live life alone. And our technology can give us this false sense of community right now. Like the more followers we have, the more comments or likes we have, on Instagram or, or whatever, TikTok. And that, I'm sorry, but that's not community. Uh, those people don't know you inside and out. And that's what we need. We need relationships where people know us at our deepest level. And yes, guys, I know it's hard to let someone in on that deeper level. I am the queen of that, Right. I'm not saying you have to let every, or you have to wear your heart on your sleeve because I don't. But what I do have is I've got on, I can count them on one hand, but I've got that many people that can look at me and say, what's wrong? Right. I can call them. I have shown up at their door in tears and they're like, oh my gosh, what do you need? What can I do? I'm like, can I just sit in your back room and cry? You know? And or, okay, let's, let's talk this through Courtney. Cause I think you're not really in a healthy place if, if A, B and C frustrates you. So you need those people 
in your life. And so I would encourage you go find that person or persons um, and be open and honest with them so that they can help you to be successful in today's world. Love it. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank Everyone, you. make sure to check out her podcast, Journey of Ruth, and your website, it's journeyofruth.com. Journeyofruthpodcast.com. Okay, perfect. And yeah, that's our show. Thank you so much for coming. This has been a blast. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, I've enjoyed having you. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Declaration Life. Would love to connect with you on Instagram at Declaration Life or at ChristabelBraden.com slash Declaration Life. Subscribe and join for new episodes as we explore what it means to live a Declaration Life.